say anytime a river catches on fire more than once, that's a lot. <laughs> anytime it's a lot. Well, I mean, you you could consider like maybe you don't know, right? You're you're allowing people to dump toxic sludge in there, and then the river catches on fire. That should be like a a, a red flag of like, all right, we got to change something. The river should not catch on fire. Yeah, I let's mean, not let that happen just again. Change the term to it's a red fire, <laughs> right? That's a red fire. You should probably change your behavior. Well, I think the problem might be the water, because like a grease fire, the water makes it worse, right? Like the problem is the water. <laughs> <laughs> what we got to do to drain the water out of, the of this river? Yeah, you victim blaming ditch. <laughs> blaming the victim. That river was asking for That's it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the water's fault. Shout out, Cleveland. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Getting all sensitive over there, Joe. That's your Cleveland well, River. You know, I was born in Cleveland. We got family in Cleveland. Were you? <laughs> did you? Were you recovered like Moses from the burning river? <laughs> I, uh, well, you know, one of the one one of the uh, you know formative stories of my youth was uh, when uh, when that prophet uh, he parted the flames and walked across the river. <laughs> sure, exactly. That's how that story goes. Yeah, grassy pom poms swish and sway. The cheerleaders are pumped today. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch in unbelievable goodness. Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is May 24th, 2020, this is episode 452. This show, we're going to discuss games 3, 4, and 5 of the 98 Pacers-Bulls Eastern Conference Finals Series, and if we've got time, we're going to dig into an undegoogable. Uh, joining me are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast, First, from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Quick shout-out to all the veterans out there. Uh, it is Memorial Day weekend. I know it doesn't feel like a three-day weekend, but it is. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, this is the time we reflect and, and thank those who did some sacrifices for us. Shout-out. Shout-out. From Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, currently in, he's still in Houston, right? I am. Houston, Texas. He's our in-house bartender. He mixes up the drinks in the crappy jingles, John Colson. 
What is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, quick shout out again to Nico uh, for letting me stay at his house and uh, help him move out. Um, he is a good man despite his uh, questionable loyalty to a failing franchise in the Portland Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't won a game in so long. I know. <laughs> it's been a long time. Valid point. And from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? I'll also shout out Nico. He was in town here briefly earlier in the week, and uh, we had a good time. <laughs> he we'll rolls f- with good liquids. <laughs> uh, before we get into the show, we'd just like to let you know you can support us anytime you shop at Amazon. Uh, if you just click the link in the show notes or go to theunabeatables.com slash Amazon, a uh, small percentage of your sale comes back to us and helps support what we do. Uh, we had a couple things to talk about this show. Uh, the first one, old, long-time uh, jazz coach Jerry Sloan has passed away. Colson, uh, I know you know you uh, a big fan of his. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Mr. Sloan, Coach Sloan? Yeah, uh, Jerry Sloan passed away at the age seventy-eight on Friday. Um, and just one of basketball greats. And I, I wanted to, uh, there's just stuff I didn't know about him and I wanted to pass it along. Um, he uh, went to the University of Evansville. Um, so uh, he's got an Indiana connection. I went ahead and won two Division II titles with them. Uh, then was drafted uh, to the NBA by the Washington Bullets. Was there for a year. So he couldn't get him to D1. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he sucks. But he was good enough to get his uh, <laughs> jersey retired by uh, the University of Evansville. Um, and then nice. um, was drafted to the NBA. Um, his second year, he was picked up by the expansion team, the Chicago Bulls, with their very first pick. Um, which is pretty cool. He uh, his nickname is the original Bull. He is the very first uh, Chicago Bull. And oh, kid, yeah, isn't that cool? Um, he played. Um, I'll forgive him for not being nicknamed the Sloan Ranger. Then That's, uh, <laughs> totally fair. Uh, eleven seasons, uh, two All Star appearances, uh, six defensive teams, four first and two second. Um, and uh, has his uh, jersey retired in the uh, uh, Bulls rafters, uh, and then went on to become a coach. Uh, absolutely crazy. He was the uh, coach for the Utah Jazz for 23 seasons. Um, he won uh, 1,221 uh, NBA play or NBA games. Um, that is fourth all time. Um, he also um, has a winning percentage of uh, 60%. Uh, there are only four other coaches in BA history that have uh, 60% winning percentage that uh, coached more than 1,000 games. Can you name those, those coaches for me? Try one more time. What was the question? So uh, coaches in the NBA that coached more than 1,000 games – didn't win that many. It just coached more than a thousand games and have at least a sixty percent winning percentage. There's only four others in NBA history. Say Popovich. Popovich. Pop. Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson. Yep. Yep. You're gonna know the other two guys as well. Think of Arbeck. Arbeck. And uh, 
Um, kind of guessing Russell Riley get that far. Pat Riley. Or Riley. Yeah. yeah so basically, you know, those are we think of them as the four greatest coaches of all time. He's in that list. So um, and, and Pat Riley, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Ouch. <laughs> um, and uh, his uh, jersey is retired in the uh, Jazz Arena as well uh, with the number uh, 1223, um, even though that's a different number than the um, regular season victories. The reason is is because they're counting um, all of the uh, victories while he was the coach of the Jazz, uh, which is uh, includes regular season and playoffs. Uh, he coached for the Bulls for a while as well. So um, they're similar numbers but different reasons. Um, he he worked for the Jazz in some capacity as a scout, uh, a consultant uh, for 34 years. So um, just one of the greats wow. uh, in the history of not only the NBA but of basketball in general. Uh, shout out RIP. And he, was, well, he was also GM there, right, while coaching? Um, I, that sounds familiar. I don't know that for sure. Um, he had a lot of control when you're there for 23 years, (laughs) he had a lot of control and he created like one of the most impressive culture. Like I, I've always hated the Utah jazz, but created one of the most impressive cultures of continuity uh, that the league has ever seen. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, um, uh, I'm sure even Popovich learned a few things (laughs) from them going into his run. Right. Yep. For sure. Shout out. Yeah, shout out, Jerry Sloan. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on R. being R. awesome. Yep, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, another topic uh, we want to talk about this, uh, before we get into the uh, uh, 98 series is there is some discussion, and this is actually, there are, there are quotes from the league about this, uh, that the uh, NBA may try and get started back up uh, in late July, the, the article I'm reading here is uh, late July in Disney in Florida, as like a single, you know, single campus kind of thing. Um, so there are discussions to do that. It's gonna be, I mean, it's gonna, I mean, make it the best of what they got there. But the, you know, the, it's gonna really screw up the the flow for this season and next. You know, no matter sort of no matter what happens, it's already done. That's yeah. already big, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, there are not, they're not. There's no better answer. So, um, I don't know. What do you guys think about this, Jason? Are you, uh, are you into this? Or just say let it go, or? Uh? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think if they can figure out a way to 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 complete the season or put a cap on it, I think that's good. Um, obviously, whichever team ends up winning the title, there's going to be a ginormous asterisk next to that. Um, but I think for for league continuity and for the nations, well, maybe not the nations, but our collective psyches at some level, it would be good to, to get back to basketball and um, figure some things out. So, so I think it's good as long as they can do it in as safe a manner as they possibly can, right? Um, the The details are a little... Uh, sparse right now as to whether or not those go straight with the playoffs. Will that include all the teams? Uh, will they do regular season? Blah, blah, blah. The thing that impressed me in these articles was I had no concept of the size of the facility that is the ESPN 
um, wide world of sports complex on the Disney campus. It's 40 square miles. What? Yeah. It's 40 square miles. There are 24,000 hotel rooms within this comp, within a range that you could just say, okay, everybody stay in here. It's a city unto itself, basically. And like, you may not need an arena, but you got three just in case. Yeah. It's so big, they're contemplating bringing back the NBA and Major League Soccer into the same space. And they're like, oh, it's not going to be a problem. We can do that. <laughs> it's, in, it's an insane... I can't even fathom how big it is. But um, so, so what it, you're telling so, me is Disney predicted the pandemic long, long ago. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. If you want to get um, all deep state, we could go, we could go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> for sure. Uh, so, so it seems like it may be feasible. I think that there are construction sites, uh, in China where they have sort of created bubbles for, uh, I think it's 10,000 ish people that are sort of working on a site and they check them every day, you know, do temperature checks and, and regular testing on a weekly basis or something like that. And I, at least as of a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, they hadn't had any outbreaks or anything like that. So it's, in theory, feasible. Yeah, no, I'm all in on this. Like, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, there's lots of things to work out, right? You know, two weeks before you send everybody um, to Disney World, you've got to test every single person, and that's every single player and every single member of the coaching staff and all that stuff. Uh, and those people have to be quarantined for two weeks um, individually by themselves um, if they have it, right, before you even move to somewhere else because you can't infect the whole place. There's a ton of sort of issues with all this. I think there's also the NBA needs to decide what that what that looks like in the sense that if the average American get can't get testing but they're testing all their players every day, does that look poorly on the brand? I think at this point, people just want sports back. Um, and I think they're willing to swallow some of that. Um, and, you know, I've heard discussion that there is real impetus to try to get to 70 games because that's where a lot of stuff kicks in um, money-wise from the TV deals. Mm. And so right now, teams are – every team has played between 63 and 67 games. So trying to get that to 70 would matter. But then you're including – 14 non-playoff teams, which is just a bunch more coaching staffs and a much more things, uh, much more risk and, um, you know, just issues with how many people are going to be involved. Um, but, I mean, hey, you know, if you think you can do it safely, I think I think this is great. And I, I agree with you, there will be an asterisk, but it doesn't seem to me as big an asterisk as maybe the 50-game season. Um, I know that there's this huge gap in the middle, but like, no, I mean, if you're playing 70 games and then you're playing full seven game series, I granted there's no traveling and there's no home arenas and stuff, but like, I still think like it's a fairly legitimate season. I mean, yeah, I we're good. We're, we're going to have a long conversation about how big that asterisk <laughs> is. If this comes to pass, believe you me, mm-hmm. I just think it's, um, I think it'll I, be less than the 50 win, uh, or the, the 50 game season. 
Glad we got that on wax. Um, I, mean, I think what people forget is like, you know, th- there's some part of my brain that's like, this is super easy, barely an inconvenience, right? Like <laughs> right. just these players, they're super athletes. Like it, it almost doesn't matter. Like, the, you know, whatever. But like the support staffs that surround these guys are so massive. <laughs> you know, coaching staffs are full of people who are not, you know, Olympic level athletes who are 28 years old, right? ESPN is full of camera people and announcers and what have you. That says nothing about fan attendance or anything like that. Um, this is a major, this would be a major undertaking. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think that the TV contract, the kick-ins for like, they'll come to some agreement about that under the circumstances. Like I'm not worried about the money. Like ESPN knows how much money they'll make. The owners want to make money. Some is better than none. They'll they'll figure out the X's and O's as long as they can figure out a way to do this, you know, relatively safely. Um, I mean, I tend to agree that just cutting out the 14 teams and just starting where we're at with like a playoff run, maybe a play in for a couple teams is like all it's you a need lot to safer. do here. Yeah. It seems like right, and just logistically less of a you know banging your head against the wall sort of operation. Yeah. Um, what do you so, think about um, like player slash staff families? Like, are do you think they would let those folks in, or is it just going to be strictly? Well, this takes me to my number one question about this whole thing: Are they going to have access to rides? Because <laughs> uh, that's yeah. all that matters yeah. here. No, they're going to have rides, and they're going to have uh, restaurants, and they're going to have all that stuff. It's going to be like a private Disney World. I mean, yes, their families have to be able to go. I don't care what it takes. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to get those families in there. If they're going to lock down Disney, yeah, I, I, kids got to go play. It's just got to be, um, I mean, just every, it's got to be testing all the time beforehand. Mm-hmm. You've got to start testing now and getting these people ready and like all that stuff. Because you're right. But once they're there, um, you know, ideally they're living in a non-COVID bubble. Well, I mean, on a more serious note, I would say that this will probably end up being one of the most safest, one of the most safe places on the planet. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. ideally, you tell these people, hey, outside of games, you are social distancing, right? So, um, to the I don't think you can leave possible. the campus, right? Well, but even well, within the campus, right? Okay. Yeah. For support staff and all these guys, right? You still, you know, it, it's not impossible that it gets in there. Sure, sure. Right, exactly, and especially you're dealing with um, a population of human beings that are in their early 20s and, you know, not always in a frame of mind to make the best decisions. So the the, the things that you can do to limit, um, like, anxiety and, you know, whatever, like, desire to, like, you know, we're seeing pictures this weekend of finally, you know, America is starting to open up and people are flocking to pools and going swimming in public pools without masks and all of this stuff. It's like um, something to be aware of, I think. Yeah. And I hope the NBA is like aware of that, that like there has to be some sort of non-basketball outlet for these human beings because at the end of the day they're human beings right and like as much as you want to say like they're professional athletes are getting paid a, you know there's t- literally probably a billion plus dollars on the line here like nobody wants to blow it but 
Yeah. You know. Yeah. On some level, the real question is, what do you do when there is a coronavirus breakout on the campus, right? Do you right. just That's dissolve everything yeah. or do you, you know, like, there has to be a plan in place right. prior to trying any of exactly. this sure. about what you do. That person has to be quarantined yeah. and whatever. Everybody's got to be tested a million times before yeah. they... And there shouldn't be any high-risk people there. Like, right. coaches should be allowed to do this remotely if they want, like... There's going to be some weirdness, but like, right, right. again, I, I think that this stuff is doable. Yeah, referees. <clears throat> um, I've been lobbying to get rid of them for a while, so. <laughs> you going to think you call your own fouls? Yeah, I, I've heard some talk of just we can, doing Can't we like, just do the whole thing from Secaucus, you know? Like, completely, the whole thing yeah, from Secaucus. Referees, bro. yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of weird, yeah. Anyway, he, he, bottom line, I, I think that it's exciting that they are at least clearly seriously considering this as a possibility and and want to try to figure out a way to to get this done i mean i i think we all thought that that was sort of the way this was going to go but um as it's getting more concrete that's more and more exciting right i mean you're asking all these guys to essentially be in quarantine for the next you know for three months or two and a half months to to run the playoffs at disneyland right, right that's what i'm saying yeah. like i mean we've and, been doing and we've we're just all going to be in quarantine essentially anyway, anyway. exactly so, like, so yeah. on some level like it's not that big an ask right right let's get this done let's get basketball back yeah there's an uh, like the nhl uh they're uh there, I guess, like the players, uh, the players uh, association has agreed to, at least in principle, to essentially like a 2014 tournament for the Stanley Cup. Uh, but I think you know a lot of the details have not been ironed out. But yeah. I, mean, I feel like amazing. NHL players just don't care about <laughs> anything ever. <laughs> but God bless them; they work yeah. hard. It's also a little bit weird, and I think basketball. I mean, basketball could be in the same boat too, where you know if you do a uh, a, a tournament, like a big tournament, but you know, only a couple teams don't make it. It's it's, it's a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit of a bummer for those teams. But you know, you should have been better, I guess. So, yeah. What are you going to do? All right, main topic uh, of this show: games three, four, and five of the '98 Pacers Bulls Eastern Conference Finals. Jason, you want to want to sort of set the stage for this one? Uh, we came off uh, games one and two last show, not looking great, but uh, feeling okay. Yeah, that's right. So games one and two, the uh, Pacers were competitive, um, but the Bulls basically pounded them in the third quarter, and and the Pacers couldn't quite get back. Uh, Jordan looking like an absolute beast. Pippen, you know the whole crew you're used to watching if you've been watching the last dance and whatnot um but now we come back to market square arena for games three and four and and as you guys know a series doesn't start until the home team loses a basketball game in a seven game series uh back at market square arena crowd was intense the electricity was on fire that's right it definitely, <laughs> um, it definitely was yeah actually so uh these games were all on NBA on NBC and Costas and Isaiah Thomas and Doug Collins on the call. All of them were commenting on how just rabid the Indianapolis fans were and how loud market square arena was. Um, super good. So, um, 
obviously the the other big thing coming into this game in, in games one and two the Pacers turn the ball over like a gajillion times both of these games and so pre-game or t- t- you know all the discussion is Pacers need to limit their turnovers limit their turnovers limit their turnovers and I'm sure that was discussion that Larry Larry Bird was giving his folks uh, the other thing is that in between games two and three apparently there's been a lot of media talk bird has been chirping about how physical pippin has been with mark jackson um and so of course we start the game with a mark jackson turnover um, on the first <laughs> possession um outside of that though i thought the first quarter the, the the pacers um came out with a lot of energy we're on fire we're six to six from the floor at some point um you know super good offense uh but the, but not really like putting Chicago away. Chicago's like kind of right there, um, and you guys jump in anytime uh, you want to. I have in my notes. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a play where uh, Pippen gets the ball in the fast break and just posterizes the f out of Travis Best. I don't know if you guys saw that. <laughs> was, uh, uh, yeah, that was that yeah. was uh, saw that fun. super low def. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I thought we started. Uh, you, you're right. We, we started seven of seven, actually, not six of six, uh, and um, we were just we were also putting Pippen on his ass. Uh, yes. There was there was some head hunting on the game him, the big yeah, boys. No. Yeah, Larry clearly told his team to go put bodies on men. Right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, he was on the floor in the uh, twice in the first couple minutes, um, and then. Uh, but unfortunately, you're right. We weren't up that much. We were only up. Uh, six with four minutes left in the first quarter, even though we had not missed a shot. Uh, we then uh, went uh, one of seven to finish out the quarter, as we do. <laughs> we were only up two, 26-24. As we do. <laughs> well, in Chicago, not shooting well, necessarily, but killing us on the glass. They, you know, They were getting tons of offensive rebounds, and that was helping them stay close. Um move on to the second quarter and and really it's a reversal of fortune the bulls kind of put it on us in the second quarter there um end up they put 32 on us in that quarter yeah end up taking the lead they're up eight well yeah they're up eight at some point in that quarter um and isaiah said they smell blood (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean they you know they got the defense going that's a super quick team um, you know, Rodman got on the board. He Rodman was two of two, so that means now there's a crash of the glass. But I th- was this the was this quarter where he hit a jump shot? Mm, I don't remember. <laughs> he definitely hit a, a jump shot or two in this series. It might have been this game. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember, but yeah, no, they. I mean, they came out and and they were just. Uh, yeah, they were in the zone. They were taking care of business. Michael Jordan was. Only three of eight, but everybody else was, you know, 50% or better on the quarter. Um, and they were just playing solid Bulls basketball. And the scary thing, given where the series had been, was that, you know, you, you felt like you need a 15-point lead going into the third quarter the way that we'd been playing. Right. right. Coming and, out of the half, we've just uh, been terrible all series, right? Yep. And they got through our barrage in the first quarter pretty safely. We're only down two put together a really nice second quarter. Well, and, you know, uh, the, what I, my notes are, we withstood the punch 
uh, which, you know, at least. And we're down four, but, like, you know, they, they came at us really hard. And, and the credit, I think, goes to the bench in this one. Uh, we, we start posting up McKee uh, on MJ every time that, that we have that matchup. We love that. And it kind of works. Um, I, I've got notes that Rose looks real shaky, and then he hits three shots in a row. Um, you know, Antonio Davis, I, in fact, uh, when we get to the end of this game, uh, you're going to understand, but this is – the the game ball should go to Antonio Davis. Like he's For just sure. working his butt I was, off. <clears throat> I was watching this game, especially in the fourth quarter there, and I was just like, uh, John Colson is just. <laughs> I was so happy. Uh, he can't contain himself watching this Antonio <laughs> Davis action. I mean, just blocks. Um, but just before rebounds. we get to that, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. Before we get to that, so the 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 third quarter, right? So we go into half down four. Well, um, out just one note from the second quarter of this game. Sure. Mark Jackson goes three of three, mm. and he starts looking like Mark Jackson a little bit, right? He's got mm-hmm. a steal, mm-hmm. he's got a dime, uh, three for three in the second quarter. Well, and that's due in no small part to the fact that the referees have called a couple fouls on Pippen, and the guys are setting back screens on Pippen, so he's had to not go full court and and has given Jackson some space. Basically. We've been really physical with Scottie Pippen, yeah. right? Um. And so coming down to the third quarter, you got to be super concerned if you're uh, the Pacers because this is where the Bulls have put on their run, right? And indeed, the the Bulls come out, I, and I thought, um, played pretty good to start the third quarter, uh, stretched that lead to eight or ten maybe even, and you can kind of feel the wheels a little bit coming off. And then to add insult to injury or injury to insult, if you will, mm-hmm. Reggie Miller turns his ankle and is hobbling around and does not look good. Just lands funky going after a rebound or something like that. I can't remember exactly what the play was, but I'm going to blame Dennis Rodman. Okay. That sounds good. I think, I think he catches, I think he catches uh, the side of MJ's shoe coming down, but I, we just, we just look sloppy. We just look, yeah, it's the same thing. We just don't look together. Smith's looks sketchy. Um, you know, and we're down what uh, five when Reggie twists his ankle, and you're thinking, "All right, well, here we go. Mm-hmm. This thing's over." Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's just a tough team. And like, this is just a tough team to muck it up with, right? Mm-hmm. They just yep. they know how to play in the mud, right? And you know, that's how they would prefer to play, almost. Yeah. Probably right. Like they'll take all our physicality and they'll take you know their steals and fast breaks and call it good, right? Right. Um, so yeah, I agree. The third quarter didn't start off looking great for us. So MJ hits a three after Reggie hits uh, goes out because of the twisted ankle. Uh, we're down eight, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you just yeah. I'm just I, I remember actually at this moment watching this live going i cannot believe that this thing's gonna end like this i can't believe that reggie's out and that they're just gonna just run away with this thing yeah and then uh rick smiths yeah exactly rick smiths steps up and uh scores seven points in the third quarter there and 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 uh, some rebounds it, and some blocks he looks frisky yeah. here when without reggie uh longley's in in foul trouble at this point and he just he goes bananas against Winnington and Rodman. Goes to work away. Yeah. Goes to work against Winnington. Yes, he does. He loves playing yeah. against Winnington. And suddenly you're like, okay, we're you know, we're actually scoring some points. This is this is okay. Uh, but we're still we're still down eight with three to go, but at least we're like trading baskets and not losing, you know, um, losing momentum there. 
That's right. And then the bench, Best and Rose come in and really start making some shots and making things happen. And AD's activity was just incredible, sort of at the end of the third and bridging into the, the beginning of the fourth quarter. Uh, and the Pacers fight their way back into this thing. Eight will run to finish amazing. the quarter and get it tied up. So um, that's right. But those last three minutes with our bench in, uh, Jordan was resting the entire time. <laughs> you got to get it when you, you get got, it. Yeah, you got to make hay while the sun's shining, man. Like, like I'm not going to apologize for no. outscoring the Bulls with Jordan off the floor. Like, that's no. Fine. Part of our strategy is to you know make, make sure that Jordan is always running on defense so that you know he has to be rested. This is part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Won't apologize for use for for our plan working well. Oh, you know oh no, no, no! I'm I'm very pleased that it worked. I mean, yeah, you. I mean, and and as a team, you have to you have to gain ground when he's out, and we did that. So, shout out. Yeah, in a big way. It was it was it was a really good end. Jalen Rose looked really good, really, really good in that good. quarter. Really good, which is uh, foreshadowing for later, but um. Uh, yeah, fourth quarter, this is one of the classic Reggie Miller performances that I had kind of forgot about. Like, I didn't fully remember this uh, performance. He's he's super hobbled. He is not moving well at all. And he drops 13 in this fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the fourth quarter. Just, no, in the last four minutes of the game, he scores 13 points. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I had remembered this as Reggie Miller's fourth quarter, like, sprained ankle game. But I had forgotten that all of the damage he does is in the last four minutes. It's absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. It's so clutch. It's so clutch. This should go, I mean, it's not eight points in nine seconds, but it should be on that level. Like, it, this really is amazing. It should be. Yeah. It really should yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. And Costas is, you know, talking about it. his ankles hurt, but he can shoot. <laughs> you know, like, just nailed <laughs> yeah. a couple threes, um, hit three threes, yeah, down the stretch. But no, I, I just, you know, however much pain Reggie was in. Um, I, I don't know if it loosened up or whether, you know, the adrenaline just started going and endorphins kicked. I don't know what happened. But, yeah, four or five down the stretch, I mean, yeah, he just, he couldn't miss. It, it was it was an amazing performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and were it not for that, we go down 3-0, and at that time in NBA history, no team had ever come back from 3-0. Certainly no one was going to come back from 3-0 against these Bulls. That was never in the cards. That's right. Uh, so, I mean, this was a, it was a franchise-changing um, run that, that he put together. Yep. Um, yep. Travis Best plays all 12 down the stretch mm-hmm. yeah, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, we're, you know, we're, we're trying to – Larry Bird, matchup coach, wanted the speed, wanted the shooting – Travis has an okay quarter. He does enough. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he was playing well. He was he was making it hard for Bird to take him off the floor, I thought. Yeah. Um, especially considering, as we had discussed before, that Mark Jackson had short, sort of started to show a little something in this game. So I was a little bit surprised that he didn't bring him back in. But Yeah, well, uh, when Best uh, gets double teamed with about a minute left and throws the ball away and Pippen gets a three um, to get within two... <clears throat> I was I was starting to wonder whether that was the right decision, yeah. whether we need Mark Jackson so, on the floor. So we're up like eight points, eight points with, with, a, with a minute like and a half. Uh, eight points. A minute and yeah. a half. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then proceeded to do, yeah, a whole Give bunch of nothing. All for... up. So, so Pippin and MJ basically Ooh. hit back to back threes, uh, and we turn over the ball a bunch. Um, and then there's all the time. And then there's, but there's this great, this great moment where. Um, Bird is trying to call a timeout, and the fa- the fans are so loud that nobody can hear it. And Jalen Rose just runs for a fast break and gets fouled and hits both of them. And if we'd called a timeout, maybe this game is different. Like that gave us a little bit of breathing room, um, so that worked out for us. And then uh, the very end, AD has been playing an amazing game. Does anybody have the box score in front of him about how many rebounds and blocks and stuff he has? Twelve total, six on the O glass. And how many minutes? Twenty four, something like that. Uh, 27 minutes, okay. threw in an assist, a steal, and a block in that time. Nice. And, uh, you know, 3-5 from the floor and 4-6 from the line. And two of those are the most crucial. <laughs> um, with, mm-hmm. with I, I don't know how much, how much time's left on the clock at this point. Um, 20 seconds? 22 seconds. 20 yeah. something. And uh, <laughs> we, we have all of our free throw shooters on the floor except AD. And... Uh, we have to get the ball into him, and he gets fouled immediately. And in true Nate McMillan style, <laughs> we get it to the one guy who doesn't shoot ninety percent because our team- at four point six eight seconds on the five second clock. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. yeah. And uh, he steps up the line, hits both, um, and you know that's Super that's the clutch. reason we uh, that puts us up three, and it's the reason we win this game. So, mm-hmm. so but, that was huge. You're right, Harper. Uh, franchise changing, yep. right? Because if the, if if Reggie Miller doesn't do what he does in this game, and the Pacers don't perform the, the way that they do, and they drop this, you can easily see them getting swept, swept and, or five, and, and then we're just a, a side note, yeah, um, in history. And who knows what happens to this team going forward, right? Because and this fan as, as we know, this team stays together and then goes to the finals two years later, and 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 all of that stuff, right? And it, it's a, a really interesting potential decision point right absolutely um all right well let's uh let's take a break uh listen to some music and then we'll talk about game four and and the thrilling game five i mean really how can you <laughs> yeah. stay tuned for that yeah, one hold your breath folks <laughs> yeah all right we'll be back in a few So when we left you, we were we finished game three, and we still have game four and five to talk about. Um, <laughs> game four. I think this is a this is a big this is a big damn game. This is a 
big, big damn game. Uh, the Pacers now within a game. Uh, if they win this, even it up. If they lose it, again, only a few teams have come back from 3-1 down. So, not good. Uh, game does not get off to a great start for the Pacers. Uh, a Bulls come out on fire. Jordan has that look in his eye. Um, you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> here, here they come. Uh, Pacers basically survive... <clears throat> excuse me, survived the first quarter by uh, dominating the offensive glass. They were getting, I think they got 10 or 11 offensive rebounds in the first quarter. Smith's playing well in the first quarter and uh, on the Pacers' side, and uh, Tony Kuch- Kukoc causing problems on the Bulls' side. Uh, what did you guys, Harper, you're nodding your head. What did you see there? Uh, I agree with all of that stuff. Michael Jordan, I mean, you, you knew that the Bulls were going to come out on fire after losing a game. They just, they don't lose games. They're not happy with that. Michael Jordan only ends up one of five in the first, but Scottie Pippen takes six shots, just plays the entire first quarter, uh, giving us a mess of, mess of problems. Um, and yeah, Tony Kukoc is playing well. Um, you know, coming out of, coming out of game three, like uh, on some level, you're the paces and you're looking at it and you're thinking, okay, we shot 54% overall, 58% from the three point line, and 82% from the free throw line. And we barely, barely mm-hmm. escaped with a victory, right? You know, you're going to have to do a lot of things well. Uh, and, you know, probably coming out hot at home is one of those things. Uh, and, and we didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, and you've also got your best player uh, with a sprained ankle. Right, so he's it's only two days before did he sprain his ankle in this game. So uh, he Reggie does nothing in the first quarter. Although I liked uh, right. Doug Collins' call, he said uh, Reggie could go stand in the parking lot and someone would have to go yeah. with him, which is pretty good. <laughs> and, then, and that's exactly it, right? Like nobody knows where Reggie Miller's really at, right? Um, and he ends up zero two in the quarter. Does not look great. Um, but, you know, luckily we're back at home and Rick Smith is able to assert himself. And he got some minutes uh, against Winnington again, which he just loves doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even when Reggie is healthy, our offense goes through Rick Smith. Right. It just does. Yeah. Um, and when he's playing well, we look a lot better. When he doesn't, we don't look good at all. When it looked like old school basketball, it was get your big, get the other guy's big guy in foul trouble. I mean, he 100%. gets longly in trouble early and then yeah, he gets to dominate Winnington. Um, the other thing was that, uh, as I mentioned, the, the Pacers were killing killing the glass, and that was sort of the um, bargain that Phil Jackson has decided to make in this series. So instead of starting Dennis Rodman, he's starting Tony Kukoc. Uh, and Dale Davis sort of feasts on the boards there in the first quarter. Um, but Kukoc also can just abuse yeah. uh, Dale Davis on the other end. So It's true. Uh, but yeah, with Mark so, Jackson out there in this quarter... Dale Davis does a whole lot of rotating to the front of the rim. And That's right. Is the recipient of a whole, whole lot of oop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so the Pacers trail actually after the first quarter there, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Uh, quarter two, uh, the bench comes in. They play. Not as well as they did in game one. Yeah, no, it gets bad fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Bulls go on a, a 15 <clears throat> to 6 run. 
Uh, okay. And then yeah. uh, Michael Jordan hits four in a row, so now he's getting hot. And you're just like, the Bulls are shooting 60%. Um, we're down seven minutes, like almost, or we're down seven points with nine minutes to go, like almost immediately. It's unraveling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it continues throughout the quarter. Um, we're down 12 with two minutes to go in the half. And Bob Costas is already talking about the Bulls winning the series because um, mm-hmm. he loves doing that. That's right. Yeah, he's talking about them getting ready for uh, the Jazz or something yep. like that, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Like talking about if they don't win this game, then it's a whole yeah. three extra days of rest because the Jazz have swept. Yep. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now it's about how much rest the Bulls are going to get. Because that thing's part to me was like a that was like a dig. That was such a like subtle dig at the you know. It wasn't that I subtle. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it wasn't. What I'm saying, like, it wasn't overt. It was just like, oh, they got to, you know, it was just a foregone conclusion. You know, sure. And I remember hating Costas for that at the time, and and reliving that hate. <laughs> Jordan had that effect on people. Yeah, yeah. You just assume that he's going to find a way to win, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He kind of always did. Yeah. <laughs> Weird quarter, though, right? Like Reggie Miller plays all twelve. Ad plays all twelve. McKee plays all twelve. Travis yeah, exactly. Best is in there for nine minutes in the second quarter. Rick Smith gets nine in the second quarter, and then Jalen and and Jackson pick up the, you know, the balance of those minutes. Well, we've got like um, Best defending Michael Jordan for large sections here, and one of the reasons why Michael Jordan is that, goes is that not a good idea? <laughs> it's one of the reasons Michael Jordan just gets really hot. Yeah. So I don't. And by the way, that. our team then is like our team now. We don't like to double. We don't right. do it. We don't right because we want to be able to crash the glass. We know that screws up our rebounding. You know, we play man-to-man. It's what we do. Yep. Um, yeah, I was real confused on the Jalen Rose uh, minutes in this game. Not in, only this in this series, half, this, Jason. This in this half, series. <laughs> well, yeah, but this game in particular, okay. like, I mean, he was quasi-effective, and, you know, Bird just pulls him out right away. And, right. Uh, it's because he refuses in, to play him at point guard. I guess, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I thought the Pacers actually were able to close the quarter quite well. Super like one of one of the dangerous things with this Bulls team, which you know I remember Doug Collins always harping about, is that they always close quarters super well. And so when they made that run and got up that seven to eight or whatever it was uh, through most of the second quarter, you really worried as a Pacers fan that they were going to close it out and then come out in the third quarter and just blow your doors off and then the game's over. But the Pacers, you know, stood their ground, right? I thought played some solid defense. Yep, and forced a 24-second we yeah, violation on the stretch. Yeah, exactly. We were really out there competing hard. That's right, yeah. AD, again, just being super active yeah. and, like, uh, causing problems. Um, yeah, exactly. Reggie hits a couple shots and Jackson hits a three and gets himself to the line. Yeah. Yep. So they close the quarter. Well, they're down six, which it could have been, oh, way it could have been 20, almost should have been yeah. right. I mean, yeah. the bull shot, you know, for the half, they shot 56% or something mm. like I, this is a team that for whatever reason throughout this playoffs and maybe not just this playoffs, but certainly this playoffs shot the ball better on the road than they did at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but to give up 56% and a half and, uh, you know, be down six after, you know, it, especially taking over a late run in the quarter, you, you got to feel pretty good going into halftime. Yeah. 
I liked how they kept talking about the soft rims at Market Square Arena. Mm-hmm. In the dark background. It yeah, yeah. It's, it's all about shoot. the dark background. Right. <laughs> it's all about sight lines back in the 90s. That's yeah. what everybody cared about. Uh, okay, so then we move to the third quarter. Um, this is kind of a back and forth. I mean... Does Colson does Colson have a a rendition of the bird halftime speech? I'm just curious. <laughs> um, he, he, you know there was one. Yeah, you know he he's the strong silent type. He probably like you know touched his lips a bunch. Who like did he, he stare at? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so what we what we know that happens in this in the third quarter is that uh, Jackson and Smiths basically put on a show. Uh, they're our offense in this, so maybe he went after them. So he was staring at them. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Because it wasn't a lot. It wasn't a big speech. It was him like touching his mouth and just staring dead eye at somebody. It was probably Smiths and Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> He's so mad he didn't even go in the locker room. Probably. <laughs> well, actually, so the the right. Bulls immediately push the uh, the deficit to ten, like in the first minute, and Bird calls an early timeout, and maybe that's when he, maybe that's when he did. I don't know, uh, Reggie, you're too soft for this or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, what, I don't know yeah. what he would have been. That you think he's just gonna say like, "You're not cut out for this kid." <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he's like, yeah. "I know you've got a busted ankle, but come Had on, your man." Gas pumping. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so basically, uh, Jackson and Smith just take over. They got a two man game. Jackson's just controlling the pace. Smith's having a solid quarter, um, and then um, Mullen looks terrible. And we start to crumble offensively about midway through the third. Um, and Smith is our only plan. He kind of keeps us in this. Um, we just keep going to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hits a shot. He gets to the free throw line. Like He just kind of keeps us around uh, because everything else is not working in that third. Can I just feel bad for Chris Mullen for a second? Okay. Sure. Like Ron Harper, Michael Jordan, and Scottie Pippen. Are your backcourt? Yeah. And Chris Mullen, poor just poor Chris Mullen. That's just there was he he Not never had a chance. Okay, he's got he one of the fastest releases in the NBA, but he's about as fast as you are right Not now on the enough. court. <laughs> I mean, like he just cannot Not move fast enough, man. He just can't. I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> if you're Chris Mullen at the age of 35 or however however old he was, you do not want Scottie Pippen tracking you. No. It does not go well for him. I will say, we, I forgot to mention, but in Game 3, uh, Bird puts Mullen on, on Jordan for stretches defensively. He and he's actually, like, slightly effective. He's got quick like, hands. Uh, quick hands. Yeah, quick hands. Yeah. He's got quick hands, and he knows the game. He, like, sort of forces Jordan. And, of course, Jordan, I'm sure, sees him and is like, oh, <laughs> yeah, go. lunch. Give me this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nom, nom, but nom, he, nom. He, he <laughs> 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 nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the Pacers lose that quarter again oh. and are down. Seventy-seven, sixty-nine. Not as much as they six-eight now. Yeah, m- not as much as they might have been. Yeah, we were sure. down. We were down sure. uh, seventy-two to sixty at one point in the quarter. Um, we get it to seventy-seven, sixty-nine. Yeah. Um, my only, my only other note on this quarter, and I want to mention it real fast. Um, the uh, Miller time uh, comes in and does a, a advertisement native advertisement during the quarter um i don't know if this would pass nowadays uh miller time can be anything you want as long as it feels good <laughs> i didn't <understand>. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't, 
Ooh. I'm pretty sure that still plays. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Ooh. Okay. I don't know if it's a good message, but I'm I'm pretty sure it plays. <laughs> yep. So going down eight into the fourth quarter. Down eight into the fourth quarter. Your superstar is hobbled. Hasn't done anything all game. Uh, Jordan looks like he's got the eye of the tiger. Pippin's frothing at the mouth. Not looking good for the Pacers. How do they respond? With maybe the best quarter in Pacers basketball history. Against the greatest defense Mm -hmm. that we ever faced. We'll get into the details, but overall the Pacers end up outscoring the Bulls 27-17 to in this fourth quarter. uh, And getting contributions from kind of everywhere, Mm -hmm. which was just fantastic. Um, Travis Best played good basketball the best quarter of his life probably for the entire 12 minutes of this fourth quarter um a couple times sketchy you know the classic dribble out the clock that guy makes me nervous every time he touches (laughs) the ball are you kidding me but in this (laughs) he's either gonna dribble out the clock or jack up a three makes me nervous he he, um several times in this series he dribbles out the clock and it turns into a turnover but in this quarter every time he dribbles out the clock he ends up with a three or a runner or something and it works it's just it's mm-hmm. everything. Or a long right. rebound that we get back, and then he hits a three. Right. You know, mm-hmm. yep. but this starts with Jalen Rose. So I mean, it, it, we open the quarter. He hits back to back threes. Um, he put yeah. he gets mm-hmm. in a little scrap with Scott Burrell. He takes a foul, uh, offensive foul from uh, Michael Jordan. Like he just brings the energy. He's, He's fantastic. I, Isaiah Thomas, one of the one of the smartest things, one of the few things that I could listen to him say with seriousness. Uh, was that Jalen Rose would not back down for Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And, and that's absolutely true. Like, he, mm-hmm. he went out there mm-hmm. and he competed super hard against Mike. Uh, Jalen, not as good as Mike. But <laughs> he went out there and was never intimidated um, and, and really... Yeah. Uh, Drew really an offensive foul on him yeah. uh, with good defense at one point. Just uh, really maximized. My notes point. are yeah. that it's surprising how another... Uh, dribbler passer shooter on the court really helps i just don't know why we didn't play him (laughs) more like i just don't know like it's because we refused to play we refused to entertain the idea of him at point guard that's why i i okay but like he i still don't understand why he's not getting those mullen minutes and i i I just he there's ways to find more minutes for this guy in the series i'm just i i do feel like maybe this series is different if he sees more minutes. I, I just he he he's competing his ass off, and it's everyone. Larry of Bird doesn't understand basketball. I That's agree why. with that. I agree right. with that, Harper. <laughs> uh, but to your point, Jason, everybody's playing well. Smiths comes in, uh, immediately gets an yeah. and one. Uh, Best is doing his stuff. Not Mullen. What did I say? I said no. I oh, said yeah. not everybody Mullen. Mullen. Everybody Still but not playing well. Everybody but Mullen. McKee. For some reason, we take Jalen Rose out and put Chris Mullen in for some <laughs> dumbass reason. It's uh, like two, two wasted minutes. That's right. Yeah. But then, and then McKee hits a three-pointer, uh, which caps an 11-2 run, and the like the, the roof yeah. is falling in from the crowd that's just losing their minds. Like It's just great. Yeah. Uh, how would you well, describe the, the electricity? It was definitely on fire. On fire! It was smoldering just a little bit. Um, the other thing is that the, on the defensive end, I thought that uh, the Pacers were just fantastic. I, you, you know, we talked about Rose in his one-on-one defense against Jordan, but Antonio Davis was just a beast. A 
a beast on the inside, blocking shots, getting controlling the glass, uh, and super active. Rick Smith's even had a couple plays. plays. Yes. Um, And Derek McGee just does a great job on those perimeter guys. You know, he's his game is not complete, but he is a pesky huge dude, and he gave the Bulls trouble in this quarter. This is why yeah. he's, you know, one of my favorite uh, pacers of all time. He's not a flashy guy, but he goes and he does the little things, and he just plays solid defense. Um, shout out to Eric McKee. That's right. That's right. All right, so the Pacers battle their way back. We sort of ping-pong the score a little bit up and down. Um, we get to the last minute and a half, which is some of the craziest basketball that I've ever seen. So... With a minute and a half left, the Bulls are up 92 to 91, uh, and the Pacers have the ball. We get a classic. We have, we had called a timeout, right? And we, we set up a play, which I'm assuming was Larry Bird just saying, what we got to do is just give put the inbound it to Travis Best, let him <laughs> dribble for 20 seconds, <laughs> drive into the lane and throw up some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Of course. Why team. would you not That's say what that? We get. On three, go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh wait, we got seventeen more seconds. All right, hold on. Right. Okay, so he misses a shot. Pippen gets the board. The Bulls come down, and it's it's Jordan time. Right, we're basically in the last minute now. He rocks Derek McKee to sleep, just like dribble, crosses him over like eight times, and just nails an eighteen footer. And you're just like, oh boy, here's just we go. nothing you can do to stop it. Down down <clears> three, <throat> right at that point. Down three now at this point, right come down basically the same play let's just have travis best dribble around for an hour but then he does this amazing like split like smits comes up to set a pick and best like splits the pick and roll kind of and gets in the lane and hits this floating layup to cut it to two which scared me yes uh chicago calls a timeout and they're gonna set up this sweet play for jordan but rodman (laughs) <laughs> commits the most egregious moving screen I've ever seen. He lowers his shoulder and he continues to move for like, I don't know, 10 feet. 40 feet, I like think. That. It was like a half court move. Yeah. And Phil, Phil Jackson is outraged. He's like, how could you call that? Right. It's like, dude, yeah, that is... He was basically like an offensive lineman like on, our, on a running play or something like that. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, on turbo. Yeah. On turbo, yeah. Next possession, Travis Best actually passes the ball early in the clock. It was weird. We get great ball player movement, uh, get it to McKee for a wide open three. Uh, Jordan comes out of nowhere and swats this thing uh, out of bounds. I have no idea <laughs> how he got to that ball. Still don't know. But he, he blocks it out of bounds. So the Pacers have the ball, and they're in the corner here. And... Uh, and Collins is like, oh, watch out for this play. The Pacers have this play that they draw up in this this very situation. And so not only did, did Doug Collins know that, but Phil Jackson knew mm-hmm. that, and so did all of the Bulls players. <laughs> and so they see it coming. Uh, Ron Harper like sort of reaches over and slaps the ball away from Reggie uh, into Pippen's hands. And so we sort of foul Pippen, because now it's less than... The, the 24 seconds mm-hmm. left at this point, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Got a foul. So we got a foul, right? In the ensuing sort of action, uh, this is all happening in front of the Bulls bench, and Ron Harper, for some reason, just decides to grab Reggie Miller and, like, 
throw him over the the bull's bench somehow <laughs> and so reggie gets outraged and comes up and starts pushing it and everybody gets excited um within the melee jalen rose gets excited because he had all this extra energy that that larry bird didn't let him spend on the court yeah. <laughs> so he runs to half well, court this all happens at the bull's bench this is at the bull's right. bench yes right, exactly and so jalen rose from our bench sort of runs to half court is like i'm okay i shouldn't go like no problem just like chills out uh we'll get to that later <laughs> i guess foreshadowing uh <laughs> foreshadowing okay so we fouled pippen right so there's five seconds left in the game right uh can, can i tell a, a brief story Sure. Um, so when I was does that have anything to do with basketball? <laughs> yes, it does. In fact, I just, okay. just want to let you know. I wanted to let you know where I was when this happened. So I I used to work at an ice. Which cream Which swimming store. pool did you jump in? <laughs> <laughs> I used to work at an ice cream store uh, called Sundays, and uh, I had to work this shift during this game, and um, I couldn't figure out how to play. Um, the game on the on the overhead radio or my manager wouldn't let me i can't quite remember but i had a little radio behind the ice cream counter and i was playing the game and um there was a random guy that had come in for ice cream because you got to remember that no one was coming in like the the whole city shut down for these games right so like there was nobody coming in Mm -hmm. i remember Mm -hmm. actually in game seven i also had to work and i brought a tv in and I had one guy come in in the entire shift, and he was like, oh, wait, the game's on? And he left, and he didn't even order ice cream. So, like, I mean, just like, I mean so I had one guy coming in, and, and he realized that I had the game playing. And so he was, like, leaned over the, uh, the side of the counter so he could hear, and he and I were hovered over this little radio listening to this. And when we found breathing into ice cream at a boy. Yes. Yes, we definitely were. (laughs) And uh, when um, when Pippen stole the inbounds and got fouled, he was like, oh, I can't believe it. It's over. And he left. Mm. And um, that man missed out on one of the greatest finishes of a basketball game in the history of the world. This guy apparently wasn't around in 1995 when Reggie Miller scored 8.9 seconds. So go ahead. I just wanted to tell that story. How how soon we forget. (laughs) That's a good story. Yeah, because it's not looking good, right? Scottie Pippen's going to the line. It looks game over bad, Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, Which would would put the the bulls up by three, right? Uh, Pippen, oh, this is a classic moment. Uh, Pippen's getting ready to go to the line. Derek McKee. Derek McKee, of all people, walks up to him and, and like whispers something in his ear. I have no idea what he said. Makes Scottie Pippen laugh at so, some or sh- chuckle. You know what he said? I have a guess. Okay. So Scottie Pippen famously went up to Carl Malone during right. a playoff okay. game the previous year and was like, the mailman don't deliver on Sunday before he went to the line. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And because Pippen laughed, I was like, maybe all Derek McKee did. Was walk up and be like, the mailman don't deliver on Sunday. <laughs> That's a pretty good guess. It wasn't even like legitimate trash talk, right? It was just like <laughs> he just, reminding he him like, of his own trash hilarious. talk. That's a pretty yeah. good guess. <laughs> I don't know what really happened, but like... Whatever he said, it worked. It got in Pippen's head, and he, he bricks both free throws, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In classic Pacer fashion, you'll remember this from when we discussed the 95 Knicks series... Uh, and we force a player from the opposing team to miss two free throws in a crucial situation. 
Pacers not great at securing those rebounds. No. Right? Uh, it's kind of a jump ball. Jordan and McKee are going after it. Uh, one referee, it, the ball ends up going out of bounds. One referee is like, I couldn't tell who hit it. Jump ball, you know, let's do it. Luckily, Hugh Evans comes from the other side of the court and it's like, nope, nope, yeah. nope, I'm overruling this Pacers ball. Luckily, it's not Dick Bavetta or <laughs> right. Bennett Salvatore. Luckily, it's Hugh Evans. Right. Luckily, we are not in the throw it to Secaucus era because I think if they did, oh. it would end up being Bulls ball. 100%. <laughs> okay. This was back in the time when basketball was good and it was the home court. And that's right. That was a home court advantage, and and, and that's and the, the spirit of the game, right? Like it's it's our right. ball. We missed, we, you know, they missed the free throws. It's our ball. Well, it was like it was like clearly Jordan Jordan forced it out, but it like hit McKee's like fingertip on now, the way out, and like yeah, I, I I thought upon a second look, maybe it was a legitimate call because I thought maybe he got his hand back down there a second time, but who knows? The the again, not high res. And that's true. No, true. Not higher. That's right. All right, so the Pacers call a timeout. We got the ball. Like, two and a half seconds left, basically. 2.9. Yeah, specifically. (laughs) Okay, exactly. Uh, As all Pacers fans probably know now, this is the famous uh, Reggie Miller shot. They run a back screen for him on the far side. He comes around. uh, The Bulls actually switch so that now Michael Jordan's going to pick him up. Reggie comes out like sees the switch full speed into Jordan and just like yeah. shoves bangs it. into him and pushes him up. Doesn't even try to then, get around him. No, <laughs> just is like, I'm going to take this contact and I'm bouncing off of it. And then curls his way around Derek McKee with a great pass, actually right yeah, in, yeah. right in stride. Uh, Reggie catches it, turns and releases and nails this shot. Uh, the first shot he had hit in the quarter, um, the only and, shot he hits in the quarter. Yeah, the first and only shot he hits in the quarter. Uh, loses his mind. He's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Isaiah Thomas is like, yeah, I can tell what's going on. He's just got so much adrenaline, doesn't know what to do. So he just starts jumping around in circles. Spinning. And it's yeah. just like a kid on the playground. Literally, the call is dance, Reggie, dance. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? A, is that oh. dancing? And B, why? Why? <laughs> So so the crowd goes bananas, right? Of course. Everybody is insane. Uh, and of course, the classic moment from this is there's a shot of, of Larry Bird on the sideline watching this all go down. The shot goes in. You see all the players around. Uh, Austin Crozier and his bald head, you know, going crazy behind him. And Larry Bird is just yeah. stoic. I mean, that as place if, is so loud that you probably could have cringed from the noise. Right. Yes, sure. Exactly. No response. <laughs> No. Larry Bird, no response. And seemingly for a good reason, because the, the Bulls call timeout with, what is it, like one point seven. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. It was point four, and then they added That's three correct. Yep. back or something. So like 0.7 total. Yeah. So basically time to catch and shoot or whatever. So they, of course, run a play for Jordan, who catches it, uh, does this ridiculous double clutch to avoid the Derek McKee Derek block. would have definitely blocked it. Dials in yeah. excellently on this shot. Shoots it. Like, and you know in Jordan's mind, he was like, oh, okay, I can't switch this now, so what I'm going to do is now I'm going to try to bank it in. Goes for the bank. It basically goes down and in and then pops back out. I mean, it should have like, gone. It 
probably I mean, that thing was down. That's the uh, yeah. the famous Mark Boyle call. It rimmed out. It rimmed out. It rimmed out. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> so good. I mean, shout out Mark Boyle. With all those heroics, still again lucky to escape with one. Right. Yes. Sure. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. But yeah, so you're yeah, talking so about. So now the Pacers have tied it up. Yeah, you're talking about one of Reggie's most famous iconic shots of all time. Um, yes. You know, and it's, look, it's not a foul. I mean, it's a foul, but like nobody's going to call that in the playoffs. I think that's a silly conversation. Really? It's a silly conversation. In this day and age? Are you kidding me? I don't know. No. Even Reggie Miller, if you've been watching The Last Dance, anybody out there, they interview Reggie about this particular play. And he's like, yeah, I, I touched him. It was like. I no, mean, no, he shoved like, him. But even like, Reggie Miller knows it was yeah, a foul. No, I agree. But like, it's the same. It's the same conversation about the Byron Russell thing, right? Like, it's a foul, but you're not calling that. It's the last shot. Like, I think. And Reggie knew that and he gets away no, with that it. Was, I don't know. I feel I like that he, was actually different. Byron Russell was already out of position when that play happened. Yeah, whatever. You, you you do what you can, and I think it's great, and I love it. Hey, they didn't I, call it. <laughs> hey, God bless. I'm saying I'm giving Reggie credit for committing a foul. He knew right. he could get away exactly. with it. Yep. He used yep. the rules to his advantage, and he canned the most important shot in Pacers history. Yep. that's a win, son. That is a win. That's right. <laughs> Reggie, Reggie. I, this yeah, crowd is crowd unbelievable yeah. in this game, and there and I, you know, there's n- maybe Lance, but there's nobody else that could get a crowd going like Reggie Miller. Like I just I miss that. They they they're just losing their freaking minds. They're chanting, um, you know, in game three they're chanting Reggie before like he hits one shot and they start chanting and then he just hits another one, another one, another one, and it's like you know. I I just uh, I I miss those days I I, I miss the days where you always had you felt like you had a chance as a as a fan because you had Reggie on that, that team. That's what it was. I I think with with all, we've all been in the field house during those days, and when Reggie's on the floor, you're like, but I mean, we've seen him do it before. Like, might as well do mm-hmm. it again. So just chant Reggie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. Chicago might have learned that too. I don't know. Yes. So, so the Pacers tie it up. It's two to two. Uh, we're going to game five. Just one uh, other note be- from that game. The other thing that we learned from the fourth quarter of that is that Travis Best is a great matchup for us in the fourth quarter of basketball games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a lesson that we learned again. Okay. Um, Just saying. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, my my only other note is that at the end of all of this, with uh, you know the basically Market Square Arena in. You know, just chaos. Everybody's losing their damn minds. Uh, Casas uh, again reminds us that this is uh, going to um, take away the rest for the Bulls against the Jazz. (laughs) Yeah. 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 What jerks. Yeah. 100%. Uh, Well, it's it's interesting that you say that because Casas' tune changes significantly between game four and game five. And apparently now the talk of the town is now the, the Pacers have planted a seed of doubt within the champion Bulls. Uh, you know, they've scared them. They beat them. They, you know, the Bulls to this point in their sort of runs since maybe all the way back in 91 had not really been challenged. They'd never been in a seven-game series. had a series where they were tied right, at right. any point. And I'll right? actually, I'll give Ahmad Rashad some credit for that because in the post game. Of four, Amato Rashad actually asked Jordan about that seat of doubt. So, 
Yeah, I'll okay. give him Mad Rashad credit for that particular line of questioning. And I forget what was Jordan's response. Like, no, F you. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? What's no, it? he was like, look, we came out and played hard, blah, blah, blah. Okay, you yeah. Know. Typical. Anyway, so, so uh, yeah, seeded out all this nonsense. Uh, the other thing, uh, coming into this game, so I, so I mentioned earlier that during this, the kerfuffle, the Ron Harper being a, a biatch, and, and pulling Richie Miller, um, he gets fined thirty five hundred dollars for that. Ooh, big money, big money. Which obviously we're twenty years later, and so that's a, a nothing fine now. Well, but even at the time, that was sort of a nothing. I mean, fine. even the fines now, I'm like, come on, man. Right. Uh, but more importantly, Jalen Rose gets suspended for coming onto the court. A foot, but stopping himself short of going anywhere close to the the. Oh, yeah, he wasn't even close to the Bulls bench. Yeah, but the Rick, letter Rick of Carlisle the law, stops him before half yeah. court. Yeah, the the letter of the law at the time was if something like that is going on on the floor and any player from the bench steps onto the court, it's an automatic suspension, right? And Rod Thorne decides to interpret the letter of the law and suspends Jalen Rose for Game Five. Yeah. Which is insane to me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a bunch of garbage. And uh, on top of that, Phil Jackson decides to go to the media and complain about how the Pacers have nothing but moving screens. Right, right. And he gets himself a $10,000 fine. And he doesn't care lays if the he wins. Work for a change in efficiency. Right. Lay, right. No, he lays the groundwork for a change in efficiency. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So going into game five, we end up down an important reserve and no longer allowed to screen. Right. <laughs> and which hobbles our offense a fair amount. A little bit. And the opening play of this game, um, Smith hits Mullen in the top of the head, busts open his head. And so he, he sure does. He has, he has to leave <laughs> the game. Serious friendly fire, man. So he has to leave the game. So we now have our, our starting small forward is gone, or our backup small forward is out uh, with suspended. Um, so we're severely limited at the. Uh, and, and Reggie's still probably got a sprained ankle. So our 2 3 spot is not great at this point. No. And we also go ice cold from the floor. Uh, the Pacers in the first half uh, had a 14-minute oh stretch between field goals. We literally played half of the half without ha- hitting a basket. More than half of the half, yes. Without uh, doing the thing that you're supposed to do when you play basketball. It was Meantime, the Bulls are brutal. just stroking it. I mean, they came out, just- as you would expect, with a ton of energy um, and fire and you know, put up what was that? Almost sixty points in the first half. At, like, at this point in the in in Jordan's career, they they hadn't lost three straight with Jordan since like nineteen ninety. Mm. Is that the playoffs or is that regular that's, season? That's full stop. Wow, that's wow. freaking insane. <laughs> that's terrifying. I mean, I guess the Bulls are terrifying. Yeah. That's the thing, right? I mean. That's the thing. Yeah. And we were the one team that wasn't intimidated by him, but that doesn't mean that they weren't real good. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, so 
things don't get better in the second quarter. Pacers continue to suck it up. Uh, Jalen Rose is suspended, so we're seeing heavy minutes from from the mayor, Fred Hoiberg. Mm, uh, with his shaved head. Who's so, doing absolutely nothing, basically. So is it good if you've got Freddie Hoiberg and Pope on the floor at the same time? Is that good? <laughs> That is that was the the original white towel. Oh, I was gonna say okay. it's the white. Gotcha. It's good if the white towel is is uh, flying. So here's my theory on this game. So the Pacers end up. We're not going to spend a lot of time. Please, so the yeah. Pacers end up losing by 29 points in this game. It's not close ever at any stage. The Pacers string together a 7-0 run after halftime, and that was about as good as it got uh, for the entire game. Oh, and Dale Davis uh, commits. Uh, I don't want to say aggravated assault, but assault <laughs> on Tony Kukoc. Agitated like, assault. Yeah, agitated assault. There you go. Yeah. Um, I'd have done the same thing. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, is, is there such thing as justified assault? <laughs> uh, from Dale Davis' perspective, yes. And I'm the Based on the PSAs that he, he gave us in '95. Um, was it, oh, oh, my theory is so so Bird knows that. You know, like you said, the Bulls hadn't lost three straight um, in the Jordan era. Um, the we're at, without Jalen Rose, um, the Chicago crowd's going to be insane. Let's just let's just concede this victory and let them get all their anger out, and we'll just go go from there. Is buying any of that? Uh, I don't. I don't. Theory. I don't think the fact that he puts Hoiberg in the game, like six, eight minutes into the game, like I just don't think you can throw playoff games. I just don't. Th- I think. I think series are too uh, unpredictable. You know, like I just. Hmm. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, the worst part is I. I just don't think Bird can throw any game. Period. Sure. Like I think that he put out his best game plan, and this was the result. Hmm. Yeah. Um, he talks about how he didn't recognize the team on the floor. Uh, Jordan said they expected uh, the team to respond being a man down, and they were surprised how dominant they were. Like Everybody seems surprised by this. Uh, Reggie says that one man didn't lose this. Uh, uh, one through 11 lost it. Um, you know, it's, This is just a full meltdown. Um, we lost 106 to 87, and that was way closer than it actually was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my, uh, I've got two notes on this. Uh, one, uh, the uh, United Center, the, the Chicago fans uh, do a sarcastic Re- Reggie chant, which is pretty solid, honestly. The entire game. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty good. <laughs> um, and then um, when we're just getting absolutely destroyed, we decide to start force-feeding Rick Smits uh, mid-third and into the fourth um, to try to get him some confidence and hot. Um, and I actually think that was fairly useful, as we'll find yeah. out in the next game. So, I, I mean, maybe, but you know, to me, one of the reasons that this game fell apart is because Rick Smits was getting owned by Luke Longley in the first half. Yeah, like, he was. Our sure. offense goes through Rick Smits, and he could not get anything, anything going – uh, and, and we just we fell apart and we never never recovered at all. So. Sure. So yeah, God bless getting him a little confidence because our team needed to see. Yeah, because he was yeah because he was just yeah. If you, if you top put him back in, if you're just like ah this game's over, we're down thirty. And his last memory of that game is just getting owned by Longley in the you know first and second quarter. Like maybe he doesn't have the game he has in six. So 
Um, you know, good on Bird on that. Well, I haven't seen six. I assume that we lose. Oh well, I mean, maybe yep. we do. I'm not saying we don't. <laughs> uh, well, I'm assuming the bur- the Bulls don't want to lose any more rest before they fade. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they got to get to the Jazz. That's right. Yeah, I got I got nothing on this. I I was not a fan of the uh, the Bulls doing the the Reggie chant. I was also not a fan of uh, Phil Jackson playing Michael Jordan for extended stretches in the fourth quarter when they were up twenty five to thirty. Like I guess I understand that a he was trying to go like hit the thirty five thousand, right? Which is what I thought the main thing was mark or something like that, or was it points or minutes? It was points. Yeah, total. Yeah. Uh. But he didn't have to go extended with it, like... Right, exactly. Like, he got that and then stayed in the game for right. three or four minutes. I just don't think it's smart... You know, things happen on just a basketball Just not smart, court. period. You, know, you should train, sprain an ankle, like, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter how durable you are, it's not a good idea. Right, exactly, yeah. Um, that's it. That's all I noted. Yeah, well... Not much else to talk about. On some level, I'm grateful they gave us a little ammo going into Game 6, because they destroyed us, and now they got to come play at our house, and, uh, you know, between the chance of Reggie and the extended Michael Jordan minutes, we've got something for, for you know, bulletin board material. That's right. Yep. So, what are we... We're doing 6 and 7 next week, yep. and, and talking Last Dance... Sounds good. Tune in for that, fans. Yeah. Sounds good. So, yeah, I, I, we found all these uh, games on YouTube. So, and we, we've been tweeting out some of the links to them if you want to watch along with us. Uh, yeah, these yeah, are. Yeah, maybe uh, just catch the highlight reels. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. full games are even, a little tough. I wouldn't even tweet out game uh, five. Yeah, I appreciate it. And definitely oh, nice. don't. Yeah, watch no part of that. Um, no need to give that YouTube video more clicks. Rewatch uh, the fourth quarter of of both game three and four. They're both just uh, yes, fantastic basketball to watch. Again, just get to the highlight reel. I, I, I'm telling you, <laughs> low fidelity is like it's challenging. Man. Yeah, it's not that fun. There were fun times though. Uh, they're sharp, sharper in my memory, I think. <laughs> That's nice. That was the solid, Joe. <laughs> Turn out the lights. The party's over. Stopping. I gotta. I gotta. Or no, we we still gotta do the. Has anybody? Has everybody stopped? Okay. Everybody. <laughs> Perfect. So everybody stopped with me. Is that right? All right. Uh, for a once and always coach. <laughs> Wait, Joey, do you want to do your thing? <laughs> okay. That'll be fine. I'll make that happen. I'll make that happen.